Today on Disruption First, I talk about Google's new career certificates, how it could disrupt the college degree. And I will share my personal experience with college and give you some insight how I see the future of education. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on? It's March 16, 2021. Um, I want to talk today about this announcement of Google. Google just announced that they are going to uh, give, uh, with Coursera, a professional certificate. So if you don't know what Coursera is, it's a website that you can um, basically follow courses um, in uh, at your own pace. So basically, you sign up. And the fee, I think, is 50 bucks per month. And you can follow any courses that you want. And so there's universities that give courses. Uh, there's companies also that give courses in there. And so compared to Udemy, for example, Udemy, I don't know how you pronounce it, um, it's really more, I would say, professional, where on Udemy or Udemy, it's more like people giving courses. Uh, here, it's companies or uh, schools. Now, Google had already some certificate on this platform. I mean, I use the platform myself. Uh, I mean, I've, uh, I've tried the IBM Data Science Professional Certificate. Um, and I'm planning to do also the Google that just released. It's the UX professional uh, certificate. They announced, um, yeah, they announced IT support, data analytics, project management, UX design, Android development. And they already have some other specialization, but they were not so-called professional certificate. And the point in this with Google is to make is to make, um, uh, uh, you know, education, to make people more competitive in the workplace and to make people more competitive in the workplace in an accessible way. So it's kind of to compete with um, executive management, business school, with college degree, with graduate degree. Uh, I mean, they go all over the place. There's a, a bunch of articles about why they're making it, but basically they had a lot of feedback, I mean, from, from their departments and also from other companies that they were saying that they needed more um, practical training from their employees because uh, most of their their argument are their argument is, is that most of the students they get uh, taught in school in university, but then they get in the workplace and they have some lacking uh, capabilities compared to others. So they give this kind of course that is more designed for practical purposes. And I think it's pretty it's pretty cool. Uh, we see a lot of those companies getting into giving degrees into the education sphere. You see a lot of university making this the, the shift, uh, partnering with Coursera, for example. Uh, I mean, there's Coursera and there's EDX. I pretty hate EDX. I mean, the, the UX is, is pretty bad in my in my opinion. 
Uh, I prefer Coursera, how they work. It's on subscription model. So you can really just learn uh, as you want. Uh, I, I subscribe to it. I mean, it's a subscription that I'm willing to pay for it and, uh, and encourage me to, to go and jump into courses and just learn about stuff. And I know I can learn about things that are... That are, I will say, a, a higher level than just a podcast, for example, of YouTube video. Although there are already enough free content out there. And that's pretty much also one thing that I want to talk about is that, um, you know, they make, Google make this uh, professional course as a response to businesses uh, to to that lacks employees that have sufficient skills to work in the workplace basically in a simple way we learn too much theory in school so we're not really ready for the real world and that's an argument and that's a strong argument i want to come back to it but another thing also is that there's so much free content out there that it's pretty hard also for a university to still hold that status that they once hold where and where i'm gonna get <clears throat> into bushes here's but they hold this view of they know they own the knowledge for a very long time if you wanted to know something you will go to school you know school teachers callers they were the answers and now with the internet uh they i mean they're still very much relevant that's not what i'm saying but a lot of it for a lot of degrees can be found a lot of info can be found for free uh, on the internet, and I just want to give my story. For example, I mean, uh, I'm born in Montreal, Quebec. I mean, a close town from Montreal, Quebec. And uh, we have high school. Then we have this sort of two years degree, where it's kind of like uh, you know after high school before you go to university, just to prepare you for university. And then you have university. And in my case, I did a bachelor degree in uh, finance. And then after that, I went to a grad school. I did a master degree in business strategy. So um, when I was, let's say, in high school, I was already getting interested into finance. So I read a lot of things about finance online. I found it for free. And even back then, I mean, that's that's when? That's in 2012, something around those lines? Yeah. Even though it seems not so far ago, I still remember, like, 2012 uh like there was still a lot of people that i mean buying on the internet especially in canada was still a big deal uh wikipedia was still considered something like oh everything on there can be like is fake it's not to be trusted um and it was still very this vibe of internet was still the wild west and it still is in my opinion, but it was even more like the vibe that the internet was the wild west. And what you find on the internet is, you know, don't trust what you read on the internet. It was still this kind of vibe, uh, which is wrong. I mean, of course, you can find some very useless things and untruthful things on the internet, but you can find also very um, interesting things and truthful and very intuitive, uh, very educational uh, things that are on the internet, especially nowadays. I'm going to get back to that later. But bring back to the story. Um, I was learning in finance stuff. You know, I was watching YouTube videos. Uh, I was reading like book summary. I was going on to Reddit. I mean, to all, from all places. <laughs> uh, Reddit, um, you know, subreddits. I was reading what people were saying, Googling those terms and 
all that, uh, learning on my own, getting ready uh, to get a bachelor degree. So I get into my my uh, first year of bachelor degree. I'm terrified, by the way. I get into university. I, I see this thing, like university to me is just it's this big, humongous place of knowledge, and just it, it will, in a weird way, it will destroy you. Like you are nothing, and university will just take you and you know make you a real man, like make you someone that is ready to face the workplace so i was getting into courses like pretty i'm pretty sure like in my fellow colleagues <laughs> my fellow classmates i was getting there like 20 minutes early i was sitting and i was just like oh my god i was freaking out and i couldn't imagine like a side note i couldn't imagine right now people that start university and they're starting right now in covid uh by zoom jesus christ i'm gonna get to that real real quick but anyway, it was terrifying. And then I started to have those courses that were very average courses, very basic courses that uh, look a lot like what I learned uh, in my, what we call, like I introduced in the beginning of this podcast, it's called CJEP, um, you know, which is after high school, those kind of two years preparatory for 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 university, it was kind of the same thing. And what I've learned back then was kind of pretty basic. Like you could find those things pretty easily on Google, like those, those, I would say theory and those kind of like, they're not, they're not so much of theory, but much more of like, um, ways of thinking and principles. So already I was kind of like, okay, um, well, um, interesting, but let's let's get to the finance stuff. Let's get to the finance, the real finance. And then I get to finance. It was pretty much what I've learned on my own, plus a lot of bullshit that now I realize that is really not useful, uh, even for professional finance. It was kind of like a lot of theory in finance that nobody really cares unless you do a PhD in that or you know you become a, a scholar into that degree. But on a practical sense, a lot of the things that I learned in finance was just pure theory. And you will think that getting to university at some point, they are going to slack on the theory and they're going to slack on you know knowing you know, where it's from, knowing what a concept originated uh, from, uh, who are the cause, why, what is the history of it, like, it is important, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, the time spent on those areas of the topics were just insane compared to the actual practical cases that you could use those theory, in which, in some cases, well, there wasn't, <laughs> in some cases, a lot of the theories were just, well, plain theories. You, you couldn't really do anything with it or in, nobody in really in the real world in practical sense used it. Um, so I was like, after like, I will guess like a year and a half, I was already like, oh, okay, that's not what I thought university uh, is. And I, I didn't thought that, you know, I didn't think that was going to be this, I thought I was going to be just, you know, uh, like submerged by new concept and new things that I would have to learn and just like, I will feel like, geez, I don't know anything. 
And it's not being pretentious, by the way. It's not. A lot of my classmates can share my feelings. It's not me saying that I'm brilliant. I'm not. I'm really just saying that a lot of the things that we, we see seems very um, not practical. It seems very not interesting. And the teachers <laughs> didn't help. And I mean, we're going to get into a rabbit hole right now. But in university, you kind of have, and I've worked with a lot of scholars when I was in university. I had the privilege, if you could say, to meet and interact with a lot of scholars. So I pretty know also their thinking and how this works and how, you know, how they interact with one another and how, like, this, how the dynamics of a professor works in university. But so, at university, at least in Canada, in Quebec, where I was, you kind of have two separate things. You have teachers and you have, um, uh, how do you call those? You know, like professionals that give lectures, right? So, you have like, um, you know, uh, professors that have like PhD that do research. That's primary focus is research. And you can see it. <laughs> you can see it. Because here's the deal. If you want to get a PhD, well, if you want to get a, if you want to be a professor, for example, you want to be a researcher. That's pretty much what you want to be. So how this works is when you do your bachelor, then you do your master, and then you want to do your um, doctorate. When you do the doctorate, you go to university and you pretty much say, okay, like I want to do my doctorate, I want to do my thesis uh, on this. So I'm going to simplify the shit out of it, but just for people to understand, the concept is pretty much okay. So you're, you know, I'm going to pay you to do uh, your research. Um, you know, university says that to the teacher, to, to the apprentice PhD, let's call it that way. You're going to, uh, I'm going to pay you so you can do your research. And I want you to do research because the more research we have, then the more, I mean, the more accreditation that we have, like, University are ranked and you're are ranked based on research and are ranked based on teaching. They're ranked based on how many uh, you know research paper they have, and how many research uh, they have, breakthrough research, financing. Everything is around research. So it's not a secret. It's pretty. It's pretty understandable. Also, in some sense. Uh, if you want to bring some money, I mean, yes, tuition fees can be something, but especially not in Quebec. Uh, but even though they are super expensive, <clears throat> most of the money you could really make and most of the notoriety you can really make is by research. So the university said, okay, um, do your research. I'm going to pay you. But also you're going to have to teach our, our little rascals <laughs> over there uh, in first year, in freshman year of uh, their university degree. So, I mean, most teachers, and it's again, it's really understandable. Some of those are not, they don't want to be teachers. They want to be researcher, which is pretty much the exact opposite of a teacher. When you're a researcher, you spend the whole time alone or in, in teams sometimes, but most of the time, the typical research is you're in time alone researching a subject, being passionate about a certain topic in a, in a very, very, very specific way. And a teacher is someone who should be very, very, uh, you know, 
have a lot of empathy, wants to teach to people, be in groups, uh, want to take time to make sure everyone understands and can be have also a very more macro, let's say, uh, kind of uh, view of, of, of a subject. It doesn't mean that you cannot be both. I mean, I know a lot of teachers that can be go both very good teachers and, well, I'm not the best one maybe to judge, but I can also think that they are a very good uh, researcher. Um, but some are just not meant to be researcher. So you have those, and let's say it's more the majority of people that are not meant to be teachers, and they are much more meant to be researcher. And when you and you can feel it when they teach it to you, because it's it will be kind of like me going out and say, okay, go teach, you know, four-year-old how to count. Like, I don't even like math that much, but in a sense, it will just be bored. To, to, for someone that is so knowledgeable about a subject and to talk to it, talk to it in so macro view, it feels like you dilute the subject. It feels like you don't, you don't owe it uh, justice enough. So, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons, but point is, I can understand that sometimes it's really hard to be a teacher, but you can feel it. You can very, very feel it. Um, and so we have uh, teachers, we have professor, researcher, and you have also lecturers that are professionals uh, that, you know, they had a career and they, you know, they want to teach young people. They, they don't need the money. They, it's not their career. They are maybe like 50, 60, 70 year old, whatever. They say, hey, you know, I've made this whole career in, in, in 30 plus 40 years, whatever. Uh, I think I've learned some stuff that I can share and give my perspective. So uh, I will go and, you know, teach a class at the university. And I found uh, personally, those were the best teachers because well, first you had hands-on experience. Uh, one of the things I always say is that the problem with business school is that a lot of the teachers never held a business, never had, never started the business in their life. And you can start to debate, but I'm sorry, I will not budge. You can say a lot of things about the theory, you can give a lot of insight, you can be very, very interesting, but just the fact that if you teach about management and you never manage any people, well, it, it doesn't, you know, you don't have the full picture, just as me, I'm talking to you uh, on this podcast about a lot of subject, never will I, never will I pretend to be an expert on those subjects, I'm just sharing some stories, I'm just sharing my point of view, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making you pay for that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm trying to provide you some value, but I'm not going to test you on it. Uh, and definitely, your employer is not going to call me and say, you know, did it do did it do a good job in your course, or did he pay attention, or do you align with uh, does the you know your students align with what you say? And that's a lot of what you see. That's a lot of powers that they have, and teachers have a lot of powers where. They teach things and they question you on certain things, but sometimes a lot of the things that they are teaching and that are questioning you and testing you on aren't already relevant in the real world. But the grade that you get are fucking relevant to the real world 
Because, I mean, you all heard those three letters, GPA. I mean, any students whatsoever in any degree just, you know, has a fascination, as an obsession with his GPA. It's, this is all the things like, oh, this this exam is going to fuck my GPA. I mean, for, for this course, <clears throat> it's going to fuck my whole GPA. And if I don't get a good GPA, well, I will not be able to get into McKenzie or whatever. And people will get a lot of stress behind that. And all that stress ultimately resolve into the teacher's hand because it's teachers that evaluate and it's teachers that teach. So they, they, they need to be pretty damn good because, I mean, if what you teach, if you teach badly, and if what you teach is not relevant or not interesting, then making it the only, well, not the only, but one of the major factor for employing someone is just like what those, those, what is the number that you have, 3.3, 4, 3.8, if that all comes down to just this number, I mean, we must ask ourselves, well, is it the right, do they do a good job? Do they do the right job? And I think there's a, I think there's a major, major mistakes. And I think there's a lot of things that don't work in the educational system. Um, I mean, and by the way, like, just for the purpose, I'm not bashing university, okay, what did he get, like, I got a pretty good GPA, I finished my bachelor degree, I had a four, and it's, you know, in Canada, it's a bit different, four out of 4.3, let's just say I finished around, like, a 3.8 for you Americans out there, so I finished with pretty good, I did my things, I study, but just, I wasn't there, and that's the problem, I got a pretty good GPA and I was just, I didn't pay attention. I was not going to class. I was just learning things on my own because I didn't want to spend three hours sitting in the class, reading to someone, reading a PowerPoint. I just wanted to take the PowerPoint. I'm going to read it myself. I can do it. Why are you reading a PowerPoint if you're just not adding any, um, you know, added value to it? You're just reading what's on the screen. It doesn't make any sense. That's what a lot of what you get university is, is that it's just people starting a powerpoint a powerpoint that probably already been made by you know him or teachers that had the course before him it's the same powerpoint they used for years they just changed the date and a couple of example and even sometimes not even and you know when you accuse when you, you acknowledge like oh that's you know that's kind of an example of 2008 or whatever they're kind of like oh well whole powerpoint it, it kind of laugh at it and it is crazy, I mean, just to think that, uh, you know, they don't get engaged that much. They don't get engaged in the process of teaching. So, anyway, uh, all that being said, I did my bachelor, and I was in finance, like I said. Um, I worked closely with teachers, and uh, more, I was m was more close to teachers when I was working in university than going to classes. Like in classes, I was just like sitting in the back, and you know, when I had to go there, I was yeah sitting in the back and just listening and doing my own thing. And I would have to get back home and and learn myself anyway because I wouldn't really listen in class because it's just not an environment that I feel comfortable learning. Um, so did my bachelor. And then I did my master degree in uh, business strategy because I was like, eh, I'm going to, long story short, it was pretty much like I was getting paid to go to university because we're in Canada. 
and I was just like, I'm 23. Yeah, I was 23 at the time. Not even 22. I was like, I'm 22 years old. I'm getting paid. I want to see what's a, a, a master degree. Let's just see. Maybe it's going to be more a challenge. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it was interesting. It was so much just pure theory. And not only pure theory, but also because uh, we are have smaller classes, master degree, most of my classes were going like this. It was, we had lecture to do, uh, then we will get into the class. Every class, by the way, was the same thing. You had lecture to do prior to the class, 20, 40, 80, 60, whatever number of pages. You would read that. Uh, then you will get into the class. And then the teacher will be, all right, what do you think about this text? Everybody will put in silence and just like, then he will just follow and say, did you like it? What do you think about it? Do you think it was interesting? What kind of concept? Just kind of hints that it was giving us. And after like five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 sometimes, whatever, it depends on the teacher of science, someone just say, well, I thought it was pretty, and blah, 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 give like generic, generic, you know, opinion about the topic that didn't bring any value to me. And then the teacher would just be, huh, interesting. Okay. So, and would just then repeat what that person just said and just, and added a little bit to it. And then someone will add another thing. And that didn't make any link most of the time with what just the other people, the other person say. He just wanted to add something to the topic. Um, and then the teacher would just, all right, and just jump on what he said. And we would go on like this with everyone in our class. And we could do that for like an hour, an hour and a half, and have discussion. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with just read something and let's just share what we think about it and see what answers we come up with. Um, the problem is when the conclusion, and that was much of the time just what the teacher would say would be like, well, we can see that the, there's a lot of different ways to interpret this problem. And then we'll give a little bit of value, a little bit of added value to the text, but not much else. There was no like, like, like how we call it, redemption. Like kind of like, okay, we've heard all of what we say, but are we right? Are we wrong? Are we right in direction? At the end, I was kind of just like, well, I guess, you know, what Patricia said was right, I guess. So I guess that's, I guess that's what we need to learn from that. I don't know. And it was so weird. It was so weird. There was no clear indication. It was cl no clear added value from the teacher, from the text that we we're reading. And again, I'm not saying that it's bad. Maybe you say some people will say, "Well, it's the process. You know, that's the way you know we were. We share ideas, and that's that's what university should be." And okay, maybe. But again, back to my point: Is it really again back to this? Then how you 
learn from this class, you will remember certain things and then you will get tested on in your essay. Um, the GPA that you get from those things, is that really what an employer should look at before, you know, before hiring someone? I don't think so. I think it's pretty weird. I think it's pretty weird. I don't, I'm not even sure they actually know what's going on in their class. That's always what I'm, we were laughing about some, me and some of my friends when we were in those classes. I was like, if an executive of Apple, of IBM or whatever will come here, I'm pretty sure they won't be very much like, oh, well, you know, they are in good hands. Like, like that's what I want to know about some, you know, that's what my future's employees uh, want to be teach. You know, it, it is weird. It was just weird. It felt like just a, a big seminar. And again, I mean, I'm in Canada, so university is really, really cheap. But if I will be, well, especially in Quebec, but I will be just in, in Toronto or in the United States, I would get furious. I would get furious to get in class and just be like, so, what do you like about this topic? <laughs> and we'd be like, damn, I'm paying $50,000 or how many? Like 30, 20, 40, whatever. A lot of money. And this is all going to be based on what career I'm going to get. And that's what we are, we're just doing. I should be getting, it should be like a, 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 a you know, not an army drill but almost like okay today this is what we're going to learn this is how i'm going to show you how we're going to learn and this is the you know the, the the game plan and you know by the end of this course you will be able to do this and if you don't if you if you don't know how to do this then here's some extra uh exercise or extra knowledge extra information you could get on yourself at home and uh you know next course we'll get a 20 minutes you know quick recap of what we learned just to see if anyone has any question and if there's anything i'm here for you to help you know that should be kind of the things that that should be kind of the feeling we should have it's to be kind of tested every time we get in class but the, that's what they try but it's really not what you know there is what's happening and I think a lot of problems with that is that like any institution is they don't get disrupted. I mean, no any business that they they've been the king for hundreds of years, they've been the number one player in the industry for hundreds of years. I mean, none. I mean, financial industry. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, let's not start me on that. I mean, financial industry they just they are doomed to be disrupted because I mean it's just insane. Uh, telecoms. Telecoms, like old telecoms, especially in Canada, is just insane, like how bad it is. And universities is the same. It's just there's no real competition. There's competition between universities, but about research. There's no competition about teaching. I mean, it's not like, well, I want to get a job. Like, uh, and you know, if you want to get a job, like in the, in, let's say in business, and you want to get a decent job in business, it's not going to be like, well, you know, I wonder, like, where will I go to get my training? It's like, no, you look at any job that they ask, it's bachelor degree. So, yeah, then, yes, you know, if you can choose whether you use this university or this university to earn your bachelor degree, but if they don't, if they all kind of go into the same way, which is pretty much not caring at all about their students, uh, well, you know, they don't, why will they just... People are stuck with those options. People are stuck with going to university. Yeah, I think that the real value of university, the real power university have is exactly that, is reputation. 
It's not value. They, you know, they win by their reputation. They have a reputation of um, being the big boys, you know, having the knowledge, preparing the youth for tomorrow, all those things. They have this, we have this sense, this feeling when we think of university, we think of those big institutions that are going to prepare the youth for uh, in the careers of tomorrow. And it's true in some in some ways, but I mean we've seen, and I'm not going into that also, but it's not been so much of problems. Although there was an incident in, in Canada, in Ottawa, um, but we see also a lot of of corruption within the departments itself. I mean, I've, I had some example, but I mean some of my people in human sciences and psychology and sociology. I mean. I mean, the teachers are literally, I mean, they're not even following the course. They're teaching some things that are just, you can see that it's just, it's their own agenda. I mean, you can see it also uh, with like teachers, like for example, you had Jordan P. Peterson back in 2017. Uh, you had also Brett Weinstein at Evergreen College. I mean, you have a lot of different example of, of teachers that just have been censored and a lot of teachers also that, have just been, you know, taken over the university, and I mean, they're just they, yeah, yeah, they they have their own curriculum, and they just go with their own curriculum. But anyway, I'm not getting into all that, but you can see a lot of of corruption starting within the within these those institutions, not only in the teaching, but also then you have also scandals of admissions. I mean, we've seen, for example, people that you know bribe. Uh, universities, um, authorities to get their 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 sons or their daughters in. Uh, we've seen also some some uh, some uh, corruption about scholarships. Uh, we see some corruption within the curriculum. We see some corruption within like the the money side of university, and it's pretty normal. Like any institution, anything actually has three phase, which is order, chaos. Sorry, order corruption and chaos and i think we are in the corruption phase and i think that chaos is pretty damn uh on its way and i may maybe maybe be pessimist but i really think it is there's a a lot of university degrees that are very knowledgeable and just i don't think it will be get disrupted uh, for quite a while i mean if you just think of medicine still pretty hard you need to have a lot of equipment at a certain point to to teach medicine you need to have uh, access to certain you know very very specific knowledge and like hands-on practice if you could say but a lot of others degrees that is just i mean we know it we all know it we all know people that they get degrees and you just look at them and you're just like, why did you pay for that? What jobs are you going to get into that degree? That we like it or not, that we respect it or not, it's just a fact. There's some degrees out there that just, what is this made for? Is it made for a job? Because if it is, I don't know which job are you thinking about when you're when you were making the degrees. If it's just for your own personal knowledge, then by all means. But then back to my point, and I think to Google's original point, I think you can just make it online. You can make it more affordable. You can make it more uh, easier access. And I think everyone can benefit. So back to Google, uh, I think they see also a lot of different things in university that 
I mean, people get disinterested in university, and like I said, not even getting into what we see in the United States. I mean, like college debt is just, is just insane. Like the amount of people that they get into college. If you make really the calculation, some of the college you would get, and then you will like the average salary you will get from that college degree, you wouldn't be able to reimburse your college debt with that degree. Like the. The degree should be like an investment. You pay that money now, which means like in, in three, three, four years now when you're 20, 18, whatever. But it's going to have a compounding effect. It's going to have a better effect for your future cash flows because let's say, you be, you know, if you would go to high school, you will earn like, let's say, what, 30000 40000 I don't know. You know, it depends on Canada and United States, depending on your job. But like thirty, forty, and let's say you will go in college and, you know, in the ideal world, yeah, you would get like $80,000 per year. And so that difference, you will be able to reimburse what it costs, which is like 40000 per year uh, to get your college. So you get in, you get in debt now, but you could repay it later. Some of those degrees, and it started to get most of those degrees in some places, um, you won't be able to reimburse it. The investment is literally like you will you will put $1,000 in the stock market, and after 30 years, it's just like, well, right now I'm I, minus 100. I'm still in debt, so I don't know what happened. But it's literally what we see sometimes in those cases that people that just been crippled in university debts. It's insane. And I think it needs to change. And I think we will see it more and more people getting into uh, more and more people getting into universe, not university degree, sorry, into like professional certificate degrees that you can earn online. And there's a couple of reasons why I think that is that first, like I said, when you get a degree, there's the knowledge, so there's the value, but there's also the reputation. Reputation means from, well, you know, if I get a university from Henry University, uh, nobody's going to hire you because I'm a nobody. So nobody's going to hire you. Any employer is going to be like, what is this university? I don't trust it. You don't have a bachelor. So you need to get from a reputable university. It's reputation. And it is the value. There's still some value. But I can think that this value can be easily taught online. Easily taught. I mean, you can still find most of the value of what I've, I, I've learned during my, my bachelor and my master. I can find it in, uh, in online for free. You just need someone to tell you that's what you need to learn. But like I said, some of the things that you don't even need to learn. So you need a, uh, you need a, you know, a, uh, someone that will guide you, and that's where professional comes in. And that's where I think uh, you will get a lot of people like I'm betting, I'm betting real hard. Gary Vaynerchuk is gonna come up with some sort of university program, you know, in a couple of years. I'm just betting on that. I'm thinking wild guess, but I'm pretty sure it will do. Uh, but you will get a lot of professional, I think, that will just start to give their two cents. I mean, you see already with those kind of master class that you see, you see a lot of those lectures. You start to see with people also with podcasts. I mean, you can learn to, for example, like Scott Galloway, which also he started uh, a program for executive, like to make it more accessible for executive to earn a, a, a degree. It's called uh, Section 4. Yeah, he just raised $30 million. Uh, for Section 4. So, I mean, Scott Galloway, for example, is, in, I mean, he's from Stern. I mean, he's, uh, like, hardcore, you would say, like, establishment 
uh, you know, uh, establishment like scholar. I mean, he's from Stern. He's not a nobody. He's not just also a tech guy. He's a guy, you know, deep in university world still. He's trying to f- create an alternative more, um, more, you know, accessible to to people. And I think that's what a lot of people are going to start doing. Businesses also is going to start doing that. I mean, if you are applying to, you know, your local businesses, your local firm. I mean, when I mean local, I don't. I'm just saying that you're not applying to multinational firm. But even then, like. Let's say you will earn, unless than getting a degree from a university, you will get uh, a professional certificate in social media marketing from Facebook. Well, I think that all pretty much that holds a lot of value because, well, he knows a couple of two things about you know social media, Facebook. Um, you will get you know data science from IBM, like I did. Well, I think IBM knew uh, things or two about data science or Google for that matter. Uh, Apple UX specialization, like just name it. A lot of those companies that will come out with things that it, pretty much the message will be like, learn this and you have a good shot at working at our place. Well, that sends a message to anyone else then. It's like, dude, I did this. That means that Google will be willing to potentially hire me. So I guess you can hire me because I think if Google can hire me, I think you can hire me, local firm. And that's what I mean, that it will give credibility. If companies and professional get together or they propose something that is really more, you know, focused on what professional do, well, it has some tremendous value. And with AI and robotics coming to places, I mean, we need to be, prepare and we need to view knowledge as an iterative process as a process that it's not just you do those three years you cram a bunch of things in three years a lot of things that might not be useful now they might be useless they might be useful for three years and then they're going to be useless you know you get the point you need to you know start maybe having a base a very very small base and then build that base like constantly over time. And you will, you know, add knowledge to your tree over time. And if something something can comes in, well, you know, for example, if a new if a new uh, software, a new social media came out, well, if that social media uh, starts uh, a course or a certificate into that marketing, into that platform, well, you will, if you're like, for example, a social a media marketer, you will, you will need to have to learn that course. You will need to take that course if you want to stay relevant. And I think that it's just not, it's not just not, you know, increment into people's mind that education is a continuous process. You never stop. You never stop. And we have this kind of thing, this mindset where you get into university and you, you work, you work your ass off. And then when you're done, you're done. And you can see it. And personally, I can even see it even uh, worse into what is so strange into a lot of uh, health sciences people where um, they work so hard. They work so hard. I mean, I have a lot of friends that do that, that you know, that sphere. And they work so hard during four years, five years, six years sometimes, if you're a doctor, for example. 
and it's they burn themselves out. They burn themselves out. So when they get the job and they get the big check, also job, and they are there, then they fall because they're just like, ah,、oh, I've done it. I know it. And as especially also in those sphere, there's just so much coming out that you just cannot keep up with it. So it's kind of those two things that just make them well, you know, fuck it, and they just kind of stop learning, they just stop caring, and they just go on and do their thing, and that's a problem because I'm pretty sure you also saw a lot of doctors that you're just like, dude, you seem so deinterested into your job and you're a doctor, you're supposed to be. Like you're supposed to be passionate about this. I mean, you're saving lives. You should be like so thrill about those things. But I think that a lot of、uh, some people still get motivated. But a lot of people they just they've they've been thinking about this for their whole life. I mean, since they were like 15 year old and just been working all the way to there, and then they get there at 30, and it's like all their life was based on that. Was like all their lives was focused on that. Then when they get there, it's kind of like, well, now what? Now what? And、uh, I think it's a problem. And back in in business, I think another problem is that a lot of the things that we learn is just not relevant. And before that, we get our before it gets to the teachers' ears, what's relevant? Or the curriculum is changing to get what's what what is relevant. Well, it's already being changed in the workplace. Like it, it changes so fast, and it will get even faster. As time goes, that we cannot just do this. It's literally a waterfall、uh, strategy. It's not a agile strategy. It's not iterative. It's like okay, we do it for those three years. We plan something ahead for like the next ten years. Is what we're going to learn about、uh, learn teach、uh, to our our students, and they change the curriculum. They add a course here and there, but it it pretty much stayed the same for years for. Years has stayed the same, and it's sad. It's really, really sad.、And、I really think that we should just have more and more people, more and more companies coming out with,、uh, with you know, professional certificate. More and more so-called like business influencer, for example, coming out with certificate.、Uh, it should be very encouraged also to listen to a lot of podcasts about very inter. Interesting people to get a lot of insight about a certain topic. It's not what we we value in society. It really is not what we value now. But I think that's gonna change. I think especially in the United States, people are gonna be fed up to get in, to get into、uh, university. I think also, I mean, we've all been talking about education, but just like I'm not even getting into entrepreneurship, where entrepreneurship is more and more. Uh, easier than ever, starting a business, being your own business, being your, you know, building your personal brand. It's just been more easy than ever, and I think a lot of people just say, "Well, fuck it to education," and I mean that's fine, that's great, but I would like to have the the middle of both. I would like to people to say,、oh, "I'm, you know, I'm a bit scared about entrepreneurship. I don't know yet what I want to start. I don't have an idea. I'm just 20 years old or something." I want to learn a bunch of things and maybe go work for someone, and that's the best thing, by the way, you can do. Like if I have to have to give an advice in my young career, but it's really truthful, is that I in every job I had some amazing people that just taught me a lot of the industry. That I had access to them, 
And I'm willing more, much more to go into a smaller business, but to have access to a very talentful and insightful leader than just being a big corporate firm and say, well, I work in this big corporate firm, but like you don't, you're just a pawn. You don't get access to anything. You just do things and that can be useful, but you miss out on a lot of knowledge. You don't get a lot of industry uh, knowledge. You don't get into a lot of like insider uh, knowledge and that sucks. But anyway, back to my thing, I want I want people to have a choice where, okay, entrepreneur, not for now. I want to learn things, but geez, I don't want to go to university. I'm getting bored out of my mind. It's just, it's not interesting. And with COVID, to wrap this thing up, with COVID, it's just been even more crazy. I mean, I've seen during COVID, I'm going to share you the story. We're in my job right now. We're opening a living lab to L businesses. Okay, so <clears throat> back back a little. COVID hits March. Um, I'm doing my master. It's summer. Then September is still COVID. I'm still I'm doing my last semester in uh, in in my master. And at the same time, we're opening. I'm working kind of full time. I'm doing also a master full time. And we are opening a living lab to come to help small businesses to digitize themselves. A lot of small businesses don't have access to uh, technologies, to new technology, they don't know the new processes, the new trends in retail. We try to democratize this and try to educate them to uh, be more prepared when we switch to just fully digital like we've been doing in the past months, in the past year, actually. Um, so really, really busy. And like I always do, I just, uh, I, I don't really go to class, especially in Zoom, because to me, it was just crazy, because Zoom classes was pretty much a teacher at home on her laptop, on her in-built camera laptop, in her in-built laptop camera, sorry, and bad lightning, no external microphone, just talking to you, and, you know, putting the slides, and at one point, they say, okay, let's go into groups, and going to make you work into groups, which, by the way, is the same formula for all of my, you know, friends that were in university. They were, it was the same thing for all of them. It was just, like, teaching on the PowerPoint, then going to groups, groups where people were kind of doing, like, half the work, because nobody was really motivated, because it's in Zoom, and again, back into class, and, like, share all the things, and that's it, that was the course, pretty boring, and I had this teacher that she didn't like that I was not in, in the class, and she was very condescending, very, very arrogant, and I'm 25 years old, and I'm 25 years old, last semester of master's degree, full-time job, and during COVID, I don't think discipline is really uh, needed right now. I don't think that it's his or job to kind of teach me discipline and to teach me like you need to be there and, and whatnot. I think I, I know what I'm doing. I think I'm good. I think like let's just finish this off. But uh, she was just like you're not you're not in class, and it, it, she was just like very condescending. My teams were really really really. Um, comprehensive they knew what I was doing so I was like hey you know I gotta have to miss this thing I'm not gonna be at this class but I always did my job I always did my part 
uh, at home when I had time. I always, uh, when we had deadlines, I uh, submitted on, on time. I was just not in class. And she couldn't think, she couldn't believe, like, why I would assist to one of her class. And let me just tell you something. If you are literally after what, March to, I mean, and still now, after a year, let's just put an example now, after a year of pandemic, and you're a teacher, and you're still teaching your students on your laptop, on your built-in shitty camera that you have, with no extra microphones, with, by the way, a Logitech camera, 100 bucks, microphone like I have right now, 100 bucks, university gonna pay for it anyway, and ring light, just have a little bit of lightning and, you know, just spend a little bit of money, extra money to build you a sort of home studio at home. Or you could even go to your office, university, and, you know, set your studio there. Like when you, you, will, you will stand up and not be sitting on your couch and stand up and give your lecture and have a little keyboard on the side and press one and run is for the PowerPoint and then two is back to your face and then one is back to the PowerPoint. Have a little dynamic. If you don't do that after a year, I'm sorry. You don't really care about teaching. You have to teach. You need to teach and that's what you do. But then if you come to me and say, well, you know, you don't come to my class. Well, if you don't care about really the success and about making your course interesting, I don't see why I, wish I should give two cents about your class. I'm going to do what you do. I'm going to read the PowerPoint like you do in class. And then you're going to evaluate me. That's the game you're playing. That's the game you're playing. If you will make some efforts to really make it interesting, to really care, to really try to change what's on the PowerPoint and make it more accessible and make it more understandable to your student, then yeah, I will come. For sure I will come because I know when I had teachers like that, when I had teachers that you felt that they would get into class, they would just, they will speak to you. They will exchange with you and they will challenge you. That was, that was interesting. But being behind a screen and having you, knowing that you were in, in your pajamas 20 minutes ago, you know, and doing whatever, and then you just turn on your camera and you just start rambling about the stuff that you always ramble for, for years and you don't really deviate. And I'm sorry, that, that's not something that I will stand. That's not something that I will keep on watching because it is just not something that is worth my time or even my money for that matter. So the whole message to university teachers out there, if you truly care, especially right now, I mean, the pandemic is starting to weave out, especially in the United States and Canada. It's very not, we're not out of the woods, <laughs> but um, yeah, if you really, if you really care about your students, and you really want them to teach, buy you a microphone, buy yourself a camera, buy yourself a ring light. University is going to reimburse you. I know it will. And if even for some reason they don't, it costs 300 bucks. You can afford it. Uh, go to your office. If you can, well, do something in your home. It doesn't take a lot of space. 
stand up, don't sit, stand up, have your keyboard on your side, switch, make it dynamic, make it real nice, and stop just sending people into rooms because what happens in those rooms is just people don't really work in those rooms. They just talk and they find it boring and they just do enough so when they get back, they look like they've worked and you think that they've, they've worked and you're satisfied, but it's really not what's happening. So please, just please, try to be a bit more interesting because if it's not me, Coursera, has tons of partnership and more to come and they're gonna be uh, they're gonna have their IP also pretty soon and they're gonna have more and more courses more and more specialization more companies are gonna come out more also professionals gonna come out and more teachers like Scott Galloway for example are gonna be like fuck that I could do more alone I could do more money on my own be my own boss and just like tape some videos, literally, just tape some videos, and that you could just, like, repeat once what you have to say, unless they repeat it years after years, you could just do it once, then tape it, and then sell it to a bunch of people, and then people, the students, can learn on their home, on their own, from their home, at their pace, and eventually, that will have as same value as a university degree, then my question to you is, why the hell why the hell will they come to university? Why the hell will they pay for university? If, for example, you can have Gary Vaynerchuk as a teacher. You can have Google executives as your teacher. You can have Scott Galloway as your teacher. Why will I come to university and have you, pretty unknown teacher, teaching me? Talk to you guys next time. Bye.